Welcome to Connect. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan. Today, we've got a new industry leader joining us today. But before that, I would like to thank our production partners, our good friends at Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California. Hey, if you're looking for a new brand, give our friends at Red Roof a call. Give Matthew Hostetler a shout and let him know that producer Danny and I sent you and he'll set you up with one of his franchise development team in your area. You know, great alternative. They've got a soft brand. They've got an extended stay brand and they've got two economy scale brands. So give them a shout. They'd love to hear from you. Also, as everybody knows right now, markets, capital markets, everything else is tightening up. It's been difficult. You've got to get your real estate transactions closed on time. Call our friends over at Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group for title and settlement services. They can help you. They are closing their deals on time. They will take on the brain damage for you and help you out. Also, they have a hotel practice within the National Commercial Services Group. That's all they're doing is hotels. So give Steve and Semph to call over there. They'll be glad to help you. Thank you all for joining us today. And today, it is a pleasure to welcome Todd Stevens of Cunningham. Not only is he a first-time guest and a leader, he is also an exhibitor at our sixth annual California Lodging Investment Conference. Todd, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Craig. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I, I, if, if I could get that introduction every time I came home after work, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> uh, we'll put it on your uh, your AI at the house. You know, call me up and we'll, we'll do a little record. I'll yeah. put it on my FM voice. There you go. There you go. Uh, we'll and I, I got to I gotta add your plug about Chicago Title, by the way. I've, I've had a, an opportunity to interface with those guys and they're fantastic and super smart. So uh, they are. Great. I yeah, and I I don't know how well you know Stephen Saft over there, but you I'll definitely make an intro. You guys need to get together. No, we've met. We I think we played golf together. So okay, yeah, very yeah. good. So my friend, welcome to the show. Do Thank me you. a favor and tell the audience about yourself and your firm. Okay, um, just a little bit about myself. I'll try not to get too carried away. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, away. Don't worry. I, I I grew up, you know, so I grew up in Michigan, small suburb of Kalamazoo, and uh, you know, wanted to be an architect. I came from a, a kind of a blue collar family, divorced parents. Uh, you know, I came from Marine Corps family. You know, my brothers all served, and so naturally. I was very interested in architecture, even in high school, uh, you know, participating in high school design competitions, whatnot. But, you know, when I graduated, I thought well, it was my time to go sign up for the Marine Corps. And, uh, you know, my brothers had a, um, you know, kind of stepped in and sat me down at the table and said, well, you know, if if things don't work out for architecture, there's there's always the core. But, um, you know, they, they went to the core because they needed to get their head screwed on straight. Uh, they said, you know, Todd, you got your head screwed on pretty pretty good. So you have a passion, you have a desire. Why don't you go and do that? So I did. I went to school at the University of Detroit. Uh, graduated there and I uh, won't say my year. <laughs> and I moved out to Denver and, uh, you know, I was kind of a skier in Michigan, believe it or not. And uh, so I moved to Denver because I wanted to be like a ski instructor part time and then and then work on my architectural career. So I spent 16 years in Denver and then moved out to uh, L.A. in, in uh, 2010. And, you know, I've kind of dabbled in a lot of different things in my career path, um, even dabbled in some some entrepreneurial activities where uh, we started a um, 
uh, company that was developing military and law enforcement products, um, one of which was a uh, camera that you could mount on, uh, you could pretty much mount it on anything, universal camera mount, zero white light. So, so I got involved in that. So despite not going in the Marine Corps, I did get a lot of training uh, coming up through a lot of different venues and aspects. So got, you know, I had a parallel life that we did, we dabbled in some of that. So we had some patents that we filed uh, relative to that. Um, and, but my heart still remained in architecture and that's what I do. And, and so my role now here at Cunningham is director of strategy. Um, and my passion in hospitality started way back in Denver. We we're working on like really high end exclusive uh, golf resorts and clubhouses and villas and things of that nature. Um, that's where it kind of really sunk in for me because the human experience was always part of the focus of design and it was never about form making or, you know, the, the, the physical aspect of architecture was really for me is always about how it makes you feel. And so you know, that strategy component with architecture, my role here at Cunningham's kind of melded together and it's, and it's been a, a fun ride ever since. That's great. I love that story. I also love that you're from Kalamazoo. My grandparents and my uncle and my mother all were there. And yeah. I used to go back there for summers. I'm not going to say when because I'm substantially <laughs> old. Uh, but yeah, I grew up spending summers in Kalamazoo and you know I know the downtown market there yeah. I had so much fun down there there used to be a guy by the name of Louie who had a tobacco and news store and he had a secret passage to his stock humidor and the nice. wall would open up and I always thought that was the neatest thing in the world it was like Batman you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah and how many how many trips down m43 did you make out to south haven michigan right to get oh, to the beach gosh. you know right? I, I mean i was all over the place i mean we yeah. had aunt uh lived in pawpaw and we were yep. in ann arbor quite a bit i mean we're all over the place so it was mm -hmm. i've got nothing but great memories mm -hmm. of both michigan and new york in the summertime my dad's family was in new york so we, I'd split the summer in half, start in either Michigan or New York and end in the other one. And mm -hmm. all the way up until the time that I turned into a screw up and I ended up having to go to summer school. Those were the years that I wasn't going back. <laughs> but I outgrew that sort of. Yeah. <laughs> hope, hope not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love what you had to say about, you know, the feel and the human component to hospitality. I think that's something that's attracted all of us to that. Now, you've also been going through a lot of different information lately on the hotel story and how these stories add value to the asset. I think our audience would find that fascinating. Would you mind telling them about this, please? Absolutely. I, this is this is probably one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, a lot of people don't know, or maybe some people do know, that you know, Cunningham has a 30-year history in, in theme parks and destination entertainment. So working with you know, the biggies like the Universals, the Disneys, um, I can say that we were architect of record for Galaxy's Edge. That's public knowledge, so I can talk about that. A lot of our other great works under strict NDAs. Um, when you work with big groups like that, but we've worked on a lot of big um, themed entertainment and those are heavily storied. And so we've had the benefit of learning from the Imagineers, like how to how to create and curate through story via design. And so one of my initiatives here as when I first joined the firm three, just about three years ago, was to leverage that experience because I'm a big believer in, in stories add value. And so as part of that process of looking at how do we leverage our our 
story design experience more into our other studios. And look, Cunningham is more than just hotels. We do casinos, we do um, restaurant, we do retail. Um, we're probably the only firm in the world that has the depth of experience and destination entertainment and theme parks like Disney. Um, but also we do healthcare, we do affordable housing, we do a lot of other things. There's no other firms that really have that depth and breadth. So we're looking to leverage that, um, looking to broaden our storytelling experience and approach and do a lot of the different things that we do. And so in doing that, we've gone through and, and gathered and compiled a bunch of data and research, and there's tons of data on the science behind stories and why stories about add value. And one of the coolest things uh, we found was the um, uh, was the significant objects experience or experiment. And significant object experiment was about buying a hundred things off of eBay for I think what was it ninety seven dollars? I forgot what they spent one hundred and twenty seven dollars. And they took a hundred writers, they wrote a hundred stories, and then resold things on eBay and sold it for uh, I forgot what the number was. $7,963 or something like that. So it was like a 1,249%, you know, add value or whatever. Don't yep. quote me on the math, anybody. But, you know, the proof was, is once they put a good story and some of these things were just trinkets, broken toys and a doll, creepy doll's head or something. They put a good story to it and they were able to add value to that story. And so I really wanted to understand why, where did that come from? So we compiled the science and we gathered, I don't know, probably of the, all the different periodicals, you added all, all the others, over 120 different periodicals. And so they've done FRM, fMRI mapping where they actually, you know, they, they map the brain through fMRI technologies. And they look at what happens in the brain between the storyteller and the listener. Right. And, and they're, able, they're able to find out that actually if I tell a story about picking something up or throwing something, that the neurons in my brain that are attributed to the acts of picking and throwing are stimulated. But what they found is that in, in the listener, as they listen to the story, the same neurons were developed and, right. and started sparking. So there was a physical neurological connection that we have with each other. And, and, and there's, you know, a lot of other scientific, you know, behavioral science where they've you know, done behavioral studies with people and understanding, you know, where does empathy come in? How does empathy come in? Why does it come in? You know, the, the, you know, the brain chemistries and how all that works. And I won't get into the details of that, but um, it's been a very interesting kind of experience for us. And so now one of the things we are doing is we are going out and we're talking more about this. We've, we've presented at the uh, themed entertainment association, um, Western education conference, and we presented our findings um, where we talked about, and we actually had a PhD on, on the call with us and, you know, presented our findings and presented, you know, this is, this is how stories work. These are the elements of story we need to have. And what I've noticed is even internally, a lot of times when I've talked about stories in the past, you know, you get some people that just kind of roll their eyes and they don't really right, understand right, stories. Yeah. And that was my motivation. And my, that was my motivation is like, well, science has proven stories add value and it's shown us how. So use it and, and embrace it. And so that's that's something that we're looking to do more and more of. Uh, we got a lot of work to do. It's 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 not easy to put a story um, to a project and, and there's quintessential elements that you need to have in the story for it to actually be a story. You know, you need, you need a character, you need a plot, you need, you need a challenge, you need, you need chronology, you know, you need a timeline, you need, you need all these different elements for the story, but it has to be relevant too. Right. So, you know, as we start to begin creating these experiential stories, 
you know, one of the things that I like to preach about with our design teams here is, is, you know, from a strategy guy is, you know, let's, let's come up with an experiential diagram before we start drawing any boxes and lines and doing test fits and whatever. So, um, so it's kind of, you know, really reframed my approach and how we're looking at projects and then, you know, looking at a project now where I've actually created a character and it's a, it's a story about, you know, a musician that's up and coming. And, and we wrote a whole backline character story of how they, she migrated as a child and parents, you know, nice. didn't want, wanted her to be successful. She wanted to go into music. That was heart and passion. Her dad passes away. You know, mom says life's too short, go embrace your love, moves to LA and searches for an opportunity. And so all this gets painted into the story that ultimately creates the foundation of the architecture itself. And so now as we look at the architecture and how that's expressive of this kind of rise to stardom and how do we, how do we, how does somebody, what are the, the tribulations that people go through and their challenges to be successful in their careers and how can we make that story integrated into this story for, let's say it's a hotel and, yeah. and how can we express that? And it's a lot of fun, but what's, what's, I think one of the big values of story, and I, I think a lot of people that are listening, a lot of people in hospitality already know this. Um, is that it, the alignment, right? You know, getting a story is a great way to get conceptual alignment of your teams early, especially the owners. Um, when you got your owner and operators, when suddenly when everybody's looking, thinking about the idea from a story perspective, it's much more tangible for them and it creates more engagement mentally for them and it gets them better aligned and it allows the teams to focus their conversations through the development of the project. So yeah, you hit a, you know, say you hit a $20 million budget crunch on a, on a large project, at least the decisions you're making to get that budget back down are aligned with the origins and the visions of the project itself via the story. Absolutely. And yeah, it's critical as, as a, uh, I guess, recovering salesperson, best way to put it, there was always the story. And when I made the transition over to hospitality, that, that backstory of mine was critical and one of the reasons i was so excited for our launch of the development deal of the year this year at click five was the backstory on the jw marriott at the anaheim resort mm -hmm. all, right. all the trials and tribulations everything they went through there were supposed to be two hotels built that were supposed to be the two first franchise disney hotels and what happens there's a financial meltdown and it's not viable to do two hotels. Disney says aloha. Okay. Marriott comes up and, you know, really, you know, is very interested in a JW going in there. The box is under construction and, you know, they, Kay Lang was the designer on it. She had to completely redesign. I mean, there's, there's just all these nuances in this, this, in the, in the fabric of this entire story that were just, you know, Tremendous. And that's where I always felt that the boutique side of the industry and the destination resorts got it right. They incorporate so much of the community into them. And it's not just that it's Hawaii or California coastal or, you know, there, there's a lot to it. And I think that science is something that we all need to pay attention to. And I, I just think that's brilliant. So I don't know. I'm thinking maybe there's a panel for, uh, uh, in two years that you need to talk about that story about. I think that uh, yeah. sounds really good. Now, um, you, uh, yeah, happy to do that. I mean, we have, like I said, we've we've gathered a lot of lot of 
interesting stories, you know, stories about the study of stories. And it's, it's very interesting, but yeah, I'm happy to talk about it to anybody because it is probably one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So uh, now talk to with, zero. And, and with the theme parks, you touched on this. So I'm assuming that that's kind of a global gig for, for you and Cunningham. You're, you know, the Disney, you know, uh, parks across the world and Universal Studios and, and various others. I mean, what's, I, 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 you know, obviously I know there's NDAs involved um, and, the, and there's certain magic that you can't give away. But the trials and tribulations of bringing something to life like Galaxy's Edge, in, in at least two parks at the same time, you've got construction going on. What's what's that like without, you know, getting you into trouble? <laughs> uh, it's a challenge. Although, um, you know, integrated project delivery is is we're something we're big fans of. Um, anytime you can get, you know, all the all the parties to the table on the same team on the same contract and. And it makes a lot of sense with the way we're delivering projects right now with with uh, BIM 360s and and you know as even as we look forward into you know modularized constru construction and even using automated construction technologies that'll be coming on the way the way we deliver projects is going to change and I think you know Disney was great in how they approached their projects and in embracing um, you know that approach. Um, you know, we've worked with with uh, Disney on on two different projects in that IPD delivery, um, and you know both were successful. Uh, I think there's things we could obviously go back and fix, um, but you know we're, as we look forward to other projects, we're looking at you know we're we're fans of of you know uh, design build. We're fans of of design assist contracts and getting getting subs in in the rooms and working with us as part of the process. Because again, the sooner I can get the story laid to them, the more fun it is for them too. And I think, so to my surprise, the contractors have been, you know, really embracing the story approach as well. And I, and again, I think your audience in the hospitality industry knows this already. But um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. So you know, the the cool thing about all that is is the level of detail that you have to have to deliver something like a Galaxy's Edge or or a themed uh, destination is is it's sensitivity to the X degree. I mean, it's insane. And I have always loved hospitality. Hospitality was always design was always conscious and careful about the placement of all these different things and how it it comes back to the emotional experience of the space. Themed environments, the same thing. You can't just have an access panel where you want an access panel. You can't just have, you know, the horn and strobes and exit signs. You had to like really, really plan it all out so you didn't see it. And um, that was my first taste of it uh, in a private uh, uh, club facilities where, you know, we didn't want to see sprinkler heads and we didn't want to see speakers in a, in a brick vaulted ceiling. So we had a, a Disney theme painter come up in and they painted the ceiling so you couldn't see the speakers, but you could hear it just fine. And it was nice. pretty amazing. Literally, they said, stand here, look up, tell me where the speaker is. And I stood there for five minutes and I could not. Good couldn't find see it. it. Wow. That's no. amazing. Yeah. It's that level of sensitivity that that makes a big difference. And I think. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put our theme designers up against anybody when it comes to delivering something to that level. Um, but we're, we're also taking that into hospitality. And what right. that what does that mean is like not everything is going to be a pirate ship. It, it means, you know, theme design to brand design to authentic design. We have the ability to adjust that dial any way we want. Well, and, and let's take it a step farther. I mean, with the casinos, they have themes. 
Yeah. You know, it may not be the same theme running throughout the entire gaming floor, but they've got themed areas. So I it it it, it all meshes, and that's yeah. that's the thing that I like, and I've always liked story. So yeah. there's one story I really got to ask you about, and that's the Pendre Hotel in Newport Beach and Fashion Island. You guys are working on that. Well, when correction, we're not working on that one. Oh, okay. Oh, we 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 finished up the uh, West Hollywood. Pendulum. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So West Let's West Hollywood's West in Hollywood. Yeah. 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 The West Hollywood was an is an interesting story. It, it's uh, it's a project that had a long history to the making. Uh, it was like yeah. an eight year process. Um, it you know the project started with uh, Stephen Connor, uh, late architect, who you know at the time came up with this kind of original ribbon kind of concept that you see at the Pendry West Hollywood now. Um, and, uh, you know, EYRC was brought on to kind of take the project over. Sure. Um, and then Cunningham was brought on, uh, by AECOM capital. So it was AECOM and, um, combined properties were working together on, on developing that property. And so we were brought on to do a, a peer review. And so wow. we didn't have time at the time, but they said, okay, tell us when you want to do it. Long story short, we did a peer review and then they said, well, we think you guys are positioned to, to take this project forward and, and to progress the design and just take the project over forward. So we did, and, and uh, we worked with uh, Martin Brzezinski Design Studios, who did a marvelous job on Interiors Group, and they were you know, fantastic and easy to work with. Um, and essentially, they brought the uh, interior designs up to an SDDD level. And then from there, our, you know, our teams kind of took that and ran with it. And right. so... As, as many people might know, you know, so Penry, the hotel, but then there was the residences too. Right. And those, re those residences set two, two state records. Really? Or two, two LA records. Right. I, one is, is the most costly per square foot condo sale at $4,884 a square foot. Um, and then also the most expensive condo at the time, which was $21.5 million for a wow. 6,300 foot core and shell condo. Um, oh, so there's still good. interiors that'll be done to that. So um, I think that's a testament to good design adds value. Right. And um, a testament to the team. You know, when we we inherited that project, um, you know, obviously there's, you know, 7,000 sheets of documents that you, and data that you got to process and digest to be able to take it over. But at the same time, there was a 20 to $30 million budget crush that we had to fix. So, um, you know, so we had to really dive into the design, find a way to shave out $30 million, re-entitle the project, do all that without losing the story and the design intent. Right. And so again, another value story. Yeah. And so it's an interesting site. Anybody goes there and you, you, you go into the auto court and the, and the plaza and the checkered, checkered, uh, auto plaza, the piazza, as we would say, um, you know, it's, it, the buildings are separated for a reason. You know, there's a fault line that runs through there and there's fault yeah. lines all over all over California, so LA especially. Absolutely. So we had to be sensitive to that. So that dictated some of the decisions. When did the hotel open? Gosh, you know, so it was, like I said, it was an eight year process and then COVID hit. Right. Um, so it opened like, was it just under about a year ago, year and a year and a half ago, maybe? I, I'm not sure on the exact date, maybe Check a year. Check on that because yeah. if it opened up last year, um, give me a call off air. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you should probably think about getting it into the consideration for the development deal of the year. You know, a hotel enhanced mixed use development would be right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think we've got six awards associated with that project already. There you go. It, and and again, I, I I just have to stress, you know, Stephen Connor who set the vision, EYRC who pushed that division that vision forward, and in Cunningham, it was a it really did take a village, you know, yeah. and yeah. and of course the contracting team, uh, the ownership team, all everybody that came into that, you know, I I want to be perfectly clear because in yeah. this case Cunningham came in as the executive team, where right. in other cases like Ivy Station, for instance, Ivy Station's a mixed use transit-oriented design project here in Culver City, where Cunningham was the uh, master planning concept architect. Okay. And then, uh, and then, you know, and then that EYRC actually was the, the architect of record for the office building along. So we have a lot of different roles and relationships so we can work together. Um, we're not, we're not an ego-based firm. We're happy to, to work in wherever we fit to do great, great projects. See, and that's the thing that, that puts you guys a cut above. You know, you realize that bringing in other talented firms to bring the story and the project to life are critical. And that's, that's what I like about your firm. So, okay, my friend, we're going to uh, do our, excuse me, my our lightning round. Producer Danny's going to put two minutes on the clock. Word association, just the first thing that pops into your head, Correct. starting now. <laughs> Green tech. Renewable. Conferences. Tiring. Trophy assets. Not enough. Grand opening. Good times. Favorite airport. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Barefoot people on an airplane. Yeah, I could do without that for sure. Aisle or window? I have a big bladder, so I'm a window guy. <laughs> Tequila or whiskey? Tequila. Favorite hotel or resort? Oh, man. Yeah. Maldives. Probably the Ritz Maldives or something like that. But... 2023. Foggy. You did that with a minute four left. Congratulations. We'll have to check with Danny and see if that was a record. I think it's close. If I win a prize, let me know. I, I will let you know, but we have no <laughs> We're on a very limited budget here. I love our, our production partners, but we are on a limited budget. Understood. Understood. <laughs> so what excites you about the hospitality market going into 2023? That's going to be our last question. You know, boy, you know, watching the hospitality market come through the challenges of the pandemic and how it's rebounded. And everybody said this, look, it's, you know, hospitality is not going anywhere. It's going to come back. And I know there was like in the pandemic, there was all these ideas. Like, well, this is going to change. That's going to change. That's going to change. But when when you're a fan of, of human behavior and behavioral studies like I am, I I, I kind of know where how humans are, are going to react and they're not humans don't evolve that fast. Um, so it was, it's really refreshing to see the, the markets rebounding and seeing the changes that have, have been inspired by these negative impacts and how it's going to make the industry stronger. So I think 
you know, with, with some of the foggy vision of, of 2023 and what's going to happen with, you know, recessionary rumors or whatever, um, hospitality is going to be fine. And I think uh, these are all great opportunities as, as an industry to progress and move forward. I think there's some great opportunities, you know, to, to learn from other elements that within our, that we're competing with, uh, you know, look at, you know, uh, uh, Airbnbs and, and other things where we can really create some really cool hospitality experiences and where, where it's, it's, you're not going to this big boxy building anymore. We can, we can create fun, active spaces that, you know, uh, can be engaging and, and emotionally appealing to people and then also tell a story and that story you touched on earlier, that story needs to relate to the community. It's not just some random story. Right. Uh, that story has to have a community tie. It has to have context. It has to have all the important elements of that. And of course, you know, Cunningham, we're, we're huge on regenerative design and, and creating, you know, spaces for a healthy world. And that's what we're I trying to it. do. I love it, my friend. Thank you very much for joining the conversation today. You've got an open invitation to come back anytime you want. Thank you. Thank you very much. Shameless plug. How can people get a hold of you? Well, they can they can uh, contact me via email at tstevens at cunningham.com. And I would just say Cunningham has one N, not two. That's the biggest typo that, that happens. I sent you an email. I sent you an email like, yeah, is it one or two? It's usually the two N. <laughs> Outlook will try to autocorrect that. Um, obviously, visit our webpage, which is still, you know, we're making some refinements on our webpage. But uh you know, and again, a lot of our best works under NDA and in hospitality and outside of hospitality. But, um, you know, feel free to reach out to myself or any of my colleagues. And, uh, yeah, happy to have a conversation, engage. You'll obviously you'll see me at the conference and I'll probably be at the guy at the bar at two o'clock in the morning. Still standing. So <laughs> sounds like it's a easy, that's the easiest way to find me. There you go. Todd, thank you very much. It means the world to me that you were able to join oh, us today. Thank it you. means a lot to me, Craig. I really appreciate it. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you, our audience, for joining us today. See, we have had new industry leaders that you need to meet all season. That has been our narrative thread. Now, we've only got two more shows before the end of the year, and then producer Danny and I are going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, but we will be back with a very light uh, schedule in January, but really kicking it off in February. And then we're going to work around the click conference in March as well. But what a great show. What great guests. I want to thank you, our audience. I want to thank our guests. I also want to thank our production partners, our good friends at Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California. Give them a call. Let them know that producer Danny and I sent you. They'd love to hear from you, and they can help you, okay, most importantly. But we've also got Click 6 coming up on March 1st and 2nd, 2023, at the West and South Coast Plaza Hotel. We're really excited about going back there. Um, we've got a whole new program for you. We have gone from four panels and our development deal of the year to three panels, We've increased the networking time during the day of the event. And we're giving you a couple of more hours the night before at our welcome mixer that is being sponsored by all of our hotel sponsors. Uh, but you can meet all of the, the various hotel uh, development teams from Red Roof to Marriott and everything in between. You can also meet uh, the other speakers, exhibitors, and sponsors. And all the registered attendees are welcome. And... You're going to 
have a great opportunity to say hi to people you haven't seen in a while and make some new connections and more networking. And we're also going to extend our post-conference network so that you've got even more time on the back end. So thank you all very, very much. And we look forward to seeing you on March 1st and 2nd. As I'm fond of saying, be kind, share your knowledge, go be amazing.